Hello, Internet. It's Tori. You're listening to the Cosmere Deep Dive Podcast. For updates on when episodes go live, follow us on Twitter and Facebook. To join the discussion, visit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash CosmereCast, where you'll find an invitation to our Discord server. Thank you for listening, and please enjoy the show. Hello, and welcome to the Cosmere Deep Dive Podcast. I'm your host, Mike. Joining me this week are Dave... In the pipe, five by five. And Tori. Hello, Internet. And we start every week with good thing. So, Dave, what's a good thing? Ah, man. So, my good thing is sort of related to the bonus content that we did this week. I'm going to talk about Sleep Research Facility, which is, I think, just one guy, but I'll just say they... Uh, they just do like ambient sounds and they have albums like you would find on uh, whatever music streaming platform you want, a sleep research facility. And they have an album called Nostromo, which makes uh, all these cool, soothing spaceship noises for you to fall asleep to. Alien not included. Oh, good. I don't think I'd sleep well if the alien was included. That's pretty yeah. cool. Really cool ambient noise artist. Uh, that you can find on your streaming platform, Sleep Research Facility. All right, well, that is not what I expected you to talk about, which gives me the opportunity to talk about what I expected you to talk about, which is Silksong. It's coming out. The the Hollow Knight DLC that was announced approximately forever ago, uh, they finally announced a release for it, Silksong. Oh, I didn't realize they announced a release. I saw that there was a, quote, release trailer for Xbox. That's uh, that's what they pinged. Yeah, they don't. The they don't have Discord. an actual actual date, but like it's coming out on Game Pass, so there's a window that it like has to hit. Oh, so nothing happened. Yeah, I I knew that they had released a new trailer, but uh, didn't get anything on a date. Plus, uh, I'll wait until I play it and uh, let you know why it's so good of a thing. But it's it's much more of a substantial nothing than previous nothings have been. Silksong. Tori, make Craig play Hollow Knight. Tori. So my good thing is I have walls. Um, my my house flooded last month, and you know, as you do in such a situation, we had to tear out the bottom feet of the walls. Well, it's two feet above the waterline, so it's a little over two feet. Anyway, I have been living for several weeks now with no walls while I waited for insurance to process that fiasco and uh we had the drywall guys over this weekend i have walls again now we just need to paint the walls and then put trim on the walls and then i can start replacing the furniture yeah you should put drywalls in this time the wet walls aren't working out so well yeah i mean we just you got to try these things at least once to decide if they're right for you and and they're they really weren't right for us but your mileage may vary Mm -hmm. is there i live in an apartment I go. Uh, is there anything you can do to your property to, like, prevent future flooding, since this has now happened a couple times? Well, so the first time it happened, it was, you know, just a natural result of living in a hundred-year floodplain. And then the city, like, did something to fix the drainage around here. So it rained a whole lot in 2019, but we did not flood. And then some other construction crew decided they were going to build something uh, downriver from us. And uh, 
used the wrong size culverts so they were blocked and that is the cause of the flood so there's gonna be some lawsuits involved but like uh it shouldn't have happened oh fun you get to you get to sign your name on a class action yeah i'm letting matt do all of that okay i was just thinking like could you install a moat because it'd be yeah, pretty cool if you could install that, a moat. I know. That is a thing that we have discussed. And there's also some kind of like inflatable flood barrier that costs thousands of dollars, but you can, you know, surround your whole property with it and then the flood can't get in. Uh, that we've seriously. Yeah, into like that. water wings you put on your kids, which are terrible, by the way. Don't actually buy those like inflatable arm things for your kids. Um, but anyway, not like that at all. What? I, I haven't heard this. Why are they terrible? I mean, buy something that's uh, more effective. Like, uh, some, they call them puddle jumpers is one name for them, where it's actually, like, the vest, like, the front part floats, and it's arm parts. And first of all, they're not inflatable, so they won't just go deflate or go poof and be useless. Second of all, they are have straps, and they're more secure, so they won't slip off your kid's arms. And thirdly, uh, and even, uh, and equally importantly, it's, uh, they float in the front. So they, they kind of like, they keep the arms above and they keep the front afloat as well. So that, uh, your child's face will be face up instead of down in the water. Those are some good points. Yep. Cool. Um, puddle jumpers sounds to me like a, a fanciful British euphemism for <laughs> something, something just utterly mundane in, in America. I, I thought it sounded like the title of some rated E video game about, you know, cute little critters that are playing in the rain. Yeah, I, I'm on board with both of those, actually. I think it's a really cool metal band, like Mist Stricken. Also that, yeah. No, I like all of these. I like yeah, every I version of Puddle Jumpers uh -huh. there could be. Right, they'd be opening for Toad the Wet Sprocket. Anyway, you were talking about an inner tube for your house. Yeah, but anyway, so I have walls, and that's pretty fabulous. That's my good thing. All right. Uh, so in additional good things, we're solidly into part four of of this book, which I've been very vocal in spoiler times that this is by far my least favorite section of anything in the Cosmere. I... I can see why uh, there were some, at least uh, one of the Kaladin chapters was uh, pretty downer. Like, I dislike this more than the two parts of White Sand that I haven't read yet. And the first 90% of Hero of Ages. Yeah, that too. I really don't like that. Like, it's Hero of Ages is good. It just gets really, really hopeless really fast and then gets worse. Anyway, we're not talking about that today. Unless we are. We might be. That might come up. I don't know. Dave, what what are we what are we doing? What's going on? Uh, we're talking about Oathbringer, and uh, we're gonna do chapters ninety through uh, the rest of this week's chapters. All right, then Chapter you nine. should you should do that because I'm trying to remember who I am and where I am and what's going on. All right, then chapter ninety, reborn, face palm ninja, sword nimi. What's a high spren? Skybreakers don't play games. Division sounds like the opposite of adhesion. Ideal of radiance. Ideal of justice. Ideal of dedication. Ideal of crusade. Ideal of law. This order is so orderly. Zeth can't see how useful Nightblood is. Um, alright, so let me go ahead and say that the the Zeth parts of this part, real good. They, they carry the whole section. Oh yeah, Nightblood's in him. And he has his cutest nickname. 
It's it's Police Academy 12 citizens on Roshar patrolling. Yeah. Police Academy 12? Sure. Are we going to get another Superior sequels? I mean, maybe. Depends on if they can get, you know, Steve Gutenberg and Bobcat Goldthwait back for, for this one. Uh, Man, by the way, I that, haven't thought about him in a while. That's a that's a hint from some of my casting that'll be happening at the end of this book. But yeah, tell us what what actually happened in here, Dave. Well, Facepalm Ninja arrives and he's training to be a skybreaker. And the secret oaths are completely known to everybody. And if he can, he's already sworn the uh, the first ideal which they call the ideal of radiance. That's uh, life before yada yada. Everyone knows it. Everyone loves it. You got to have it, the ideal of radiance. And then the second ideal is what they call the ideal of justice. And so if he speaks the second oath, then he can become a squire. And if he even reaches the third oath, the ideal of dedication, then he'll be able to bond his friend and be a full radiant. Um, but almost nobody... I swear it's the fourth ideal, and like basically nobody ever swears the fifth ideal. Uh, maybe Nail did. <laughs> I don't know if anyone else ever did. So my understanding of this is that this is more or less how most of the orders worked, like when when they were still active organizations. Um, mm-hmm. That basically, like this information was freely available. Like they just tell you what the basic concept of like each level was and each oath was and then yeah just just like here's what you get at this level and good luck good fun have luck like obviously not every order is going to work like you don't bond a friend until the third level that that's clearly not the case for you know kaladin and Dalinar. yeah like the the other people we've seen but like moving forward that could become the case where like you can swear the second ideal but you don't necessarily bond a friend at that point. You're just officially a squire at that point. Like, could be. Or that part could be unique to the Skybreakers. I honestly don't know. Yeah, are the... Is Bridge 4... They're squires, right? Like, basically the ability to use Stormlight when Kaladin is near, that's because they're squires, right? Yeah. Uh, so, I don't remember any of them swearing a second ideal. They just were able to have superpowers one day. Yeah, it's... Hmm. It's weird because squiring for for what we've seen of Windrunners, at least, um, has been about having like a capital C connection to Kaladin more more than anything else. Like, obviously, nobody who is a squire is going to go against Kaladin's oaths, but it's it's much more about having a connection to Kaladin than than like directly being about Windrunner stuff, right? Right on. Uh, we also oh so. The uh, surges that the Skybreakers have are mentioned. There's uh, the lashing, which I think is the you know the one we've seen Windrunners do. Gravity. The one gravitation. Gravitation. But yeah. They, but they call it lashing. That's lashing is gravitation, right? Uh, two out of three lashings are gravitation. Yes. Uh, okay. The, the and adhesion they also have division. Yeah, the adhesion lashing is is not a gravitation lashing. Okay. Um, but Skybreakers also have the lashing of division, which, uh, you know, we've seen Nail divide people from their lives pretty frequently. And yeah. It just, we, the word sounds like the opposite of adhesion, basically. We also got, uh, as one of like the epigraph notes, I think back in book two, 
that, like, skybreakers apparently have some sort of supernatural ability to separate the innocent from the guilty, which we haven't actually seen oh. them do. We just got an epigraph saying that they could, which right. like, could just we'll be... see a little of that. Could just be detective work, right? Like, oh, they could yeah, just be it's Batman-ing. like... If you, 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 or I was thinking, come on, Mike, Sean Spencer, he's not really a psychic, you know? No, he's that's... really observant. That's not in this book, that's wax. Right. But I'm all right. Get this. All right. I'm gonna wax and Wayne series. I'm gonna throw this out there. A uh, huge jump here, but try to be on board with me. I think maybe wax and Wayne might be part of the Cosmere. I just don't see it. Um. Well, look at it this way. We know that Psych is part of the Cosmere, right? Well, yeah, obviously. Yeah, because they're like the Skybreakers. Um, and then wax and Wayne are basically Psych. I don't know. It's it's a leap. Hmm. I'll have to work on it in Dave theories. Maybe uh, I shall convince you that Scadrill is part of the Cosmere, but I'm not going to hold my breath. Now, if you, if you had done like Craig did last week and mentioned that you had a theory and then had absolutely no details for it, I'd be on board again, just like I was with him. Craig did that? What did he? Was it in a spoiler? spoilers? Yeah. Aww. It was great. He was like, he was like, oh man, I had a theory, and I was going to talk about it in spoiler time, and then I forgot before we got to spoiler time, and and we were like, oh my gosh, now we're going to wonder about it forever. Doesn't he take notes? Like, doesn't he? I, I, I thought he did bullet points for spoiler time. Now, uh, he did that once. Uh, anyway, skybreakers, flight, flight, flight cops, police cops. Okay, that's chapter ninety for you. It's police training. Skybreaker tryouts, tribreakers, crybaby. Chapter 91, Why He Froze. Who is Cal? I thought this was a Kaladin chapter. Cal is a good scraper and an even better killer. Next scene, Kaladin's killingness is broken. I don't recognize this character. Who are you talking about? Uh, I mispronounced it. Tori, help me out with the pronunciation. I think it's Cal. Uh, no, I, it's, I know, it's I know Cal. Cal. I remember Cal. <laughs> They call him Dreecal for short. Oh, <laughs> uh, we is this a dreamy Kaladin chapter? I I think it's literally a dreamy Kaladin chapter in that I think he's having a dream that is also a flashback. So it's a dreamy, dreamy Kaladin chapter. No, it's a dreaming, dreamy Kaladin chapter. Okay, so what what happens in ninety one? Well, Kaladin has a flashback of scraping cram off of stuff because. You know, his mom taught him real good on how to do that. And he's also like, I'm really good at killing stuff. And then we flash forward back to the future and Kaladin's killingness is broken because he's wanted to stop killing people, remember? But yeah, he just wants to protect those who can't protect themselves, you guys. But what if he hates the people he needs to protect? Then Sulfrena dies and we can't have that happen again. By the way, I would like to point out, um, I think it's a further chapter in this week's uh, reading, but Sulfrena does acknowledge the fact that she, like, did actually die, and so I was right. She was deader than Yasna. I would like to note that in this chapter, um, Kaladin's old, like, squad leader guy, Tux, I think, um, gives him advice that directly leads to him almost getting bridge for, like, to him getting strung up back in Way of Kings, of, you know, don't pay attention to the bigger picture. Don't pay attention to anything else. Just care about your squad. Oh, yeah. That, that's why he got punished, because they used the bridge as a shield, and the Parshendi arrows were drawn away from them. 
I forgot there was like a whole point to him getting strung up. I thought it was just so that he could have like a cool magic scene. He's like, watch this, guys. And then uh, the Lopin's like, have this sphere for good luck, Gancho. And Kaladin's like, it better be infused because I'm going to show you a magic trick. It's also like an ongoing issue with like one of Kaladin's fatal flaws. That he tries to protect people and he fails to protect people? Well, early on it's more that he completely ignores the big picture in favor of just his, his own personal group. Which, when he was a squad leader, that was still not great, but, like, acceptable. But when he completely undermined Sadius's assault and got most of the other bridge crews slaughtered, not great. And let's not forget how he got his crew killed in Amaram's army, because he didn't see the big picture of why he couldn't give his shard blade away. And then when he did give his shard blade away, murder happened. He couldn't see the big picture of Amram being a jerk face, which I think is our official taxonomy. Is it, Tori? Yes, very much jerk face. Okay. Okay. Anything else on chapter 91? Wait, sorry. Jerk face is incorrect. It's a jerk, jerk face. Uh, jerk face. Three. Chapter 92. Water warm as blood. The convicts are loose. Some kind of skybreaker test. But what's the angle? Holy stones, are Seth and Nightblood eerily similar or perfectly complementary? Just win the fight, forehead. Nightblood knows of cruelty. Shashara Shalashash, one guard. Shin Stonewalker, stupid grass, dead trees, and delicious chicken. Noble guy on the chopping block. Vivenna never drew Nightblood despite carrying him for a couple days. I swear to seek justice to let it guide me until I find a more perfect ideal. These skies ain't big enough for the two of us. So, uh, long story short, Seth becomes a Skybreaker Squire. Yeah, but what else does he do? Um, he's Sean Spencer's the real criminal in town. But what else does he do? Fucks to Nightblood? Oh, he draws Nightblood. Yeah! Does he? He does, and also and nearly dies. And the description of that yeah. scene was very cool. Yeah. So the we have the Skybreakers. They're like, all right, all right, kids. We're coming to this town, and they had a prison break. So we got to go round up some criminals. And, you know, if we like, a, we like the job you did, then you'll get to be a squire. And then Seth, uh, Seth is kind of slow going, like chasing down the criminals. And Nightblood's like, what are you doing? They all went that way. You're going to fall behind. And then Seth is like, this isn't a simple, like, go hunt them down quest. There's some kind of trick here. And he find, he does uh, nab one criminal, and he finds out from that criminal that there was only one guard guarding the prison. And basically, the leader of the town embezzled all the money instead of setting up proper security. And, you know, this noble nobleman in the city was the skybreakers uh real big target and they basically already had a warrant for his execution but we're testing the skybreakers to see if they could find basically seek out the greatest injustice the greatest criminal in the town not and... only not only did they have a warrant for his execution his was the first one they got yeah and when Nightblood mentions Shashara, Seth thinks, Shashara? That sounds like Shalash or Shush, who's the name of one of the Heralds. He sure does. Yep. They have similar names. 
But other people have had similar names in the Cosmere. Well, like who? Um, like, uh, Vosher and Captain Bosch. Or like Kaladin and Kelsier? Yeah. He's going to get them mixed up again. How about Vin and Vivina? True, true. How about, uh, uh, Gavilar and Gav? Hmm. They're not the same person. Oh, uh, you haven't seen this yet, but you might as well know. Uh, Gav's full name is Gavinor. Oh, uh, even worse. It It isn't relevant in any way to you. Just thought you might like to know. I think you mean his full name was Gavinor. Or you, wait. You haven't seen yeah, a baby die on screen. You don't know nothing. Nobody, well, they're not no allowed crime. to kill babies on screen. That's true. So what's Adolin getting all worked up about? He's like, I'm the king now. Because the baby's a baby? Babies can be kings. In the Bible, King Josiah was five years old when he started his reign. Or what, I think. So five or six or something like that. It was, it was less than ten, I think. But he made a head of advisors and things. Maybe he had like a cousin prince that took over till he got old enough. I don't know. I mean, strictly speaking, Dalinar hasn't abdicated yet. So like, Adolin is, is way too quick to be like, well, guess I'm king now. <laughs> like... You know, like, when you hear the timer go off, and you're like, well, guess pizza's ready, and then you go, and it's still, like, a little frozen, but then you're like, no, the timer went off. I'm eating this right now. So this morning, I went to microwave a frozen breakfast sandwich, you know, one of those croissant egg and cheese sandwiches, and so you're supposed to cook it, like, defrost it for 90 seconds, and flip it over, and then cook it for a minute, and so I did that, and then I came upstairs to eat the food, uh, because, you know, downstairs there's construction going on, so I came upstairs to eat the food, and, like, it was still frozen, and I'm like, what the heck, and then I get to looking at it, and there was, like, manufacturing error it had two egg patties in it so the normal cooking time was not enough because it was an extra thick sandwich and i was like well crap and i just ate it cold because i wasn't about to go back downstairs with the construction guys it's so, all right if it's fully cooked already you know yeah i hate the ones that are like removed from packaging defrost for 30 seconds flip it wrap it in a damp paper towel serve on a porcelain like it's microwaved food, it's, guys. Yeah, you got to make this easier. Stuff. You can just ignore the instructions and just put it in there for two minutes yeah, or whatever. Yeah, straight up nuke it. Yeah, that's usually what I end up doing. Well, that's what I have to do if I take one to work because there's not a defrost setting on the work microwave. I mean, when I was doing frozen burritos on the regular, like they they say to take them out of the plastic packaging because, you know, it's bad to eat plastic. But I didn't listen to that. And that's why Mike isn't with us here today. All right, so yeah, and Zeth, so the other Zeth drew Nightblood. He walks on rocks. Shin Shindus aren't allowed to walk on rocks. What's up with that? Well, uh, he was truthless, but he was never truthless. He's still dealing with that. Oh, did you also like the the cool descriptions of like his soul isn't properly attached, so he has this like after image? Oh yeah, I didn't write that down. How would I remember it? Is that because his like his connection to himself or his identity isn't solid right now? Is that is that a thing? Um, if Craig was here, he'd probably explain it. I think I'll wait until yeah. he's back to it, to dig into this. It reminded me almost of something like Burning Gold or Electrum, but like not that because it was 
It was just kind of like the booster echoes, like in Super Metroid. It it wasn't like different things. Or maybe that's what... Or like backwards ATM yeah. shadows. Maybe that's what Burning Electrum... Is that what Burning Electrum does? I know it negates people using ATM. So Craig and I kind of disagree on this one. Um, he thinks that Burning Electrum sort of lets you see potential futures for yourself, which, which acts as a counter to ATM. So like, kind of like how... Um, Six of the Dusk's bird let him see, like, himself dying before it happened so he could do different stuff. That's yeah. that's what Craig thinks that Electrum does. I don't know that I agree, because we never actually saw that, but we also never got a good description of it, like, in the in Hero of Ages. Yeah. All we really got in Hero of Ages is, like, whenever they thought someone was burning ATM at them, they burned Electrum, and then it stopped working, and the end, right? Yeah. What's the ferrochemical property of Electrum? Is that energy? Or one of them's like energy or calories or something? Let me look it up. Which I still think static electricity would have been a cool one for Electrum. Uh, ferrochemical use is to store determination. Oh, it's the Undertale one. All right. So I think my favorite part of this chapter is when Nightblood's like, Vivana carried me for a couple days. And I'm like, oh boy, must have been a really long time. <laughs> yeah, Nightblood doesn't have a good sense of the passage of time. Yeah, and he's like, oh, it's about time you drew me. You've been holding me for like a couple hours, like two or three or a thousand. <laughs> I think uh, that was just, that was kind of like the, hey, if you didn't get the first hint and figure it out, then like, here you go. <laughs> So, chapter 93? Chapter 93. Kita. Adolin is a murderer's? Familiar things are still familiar. Stretches. Azure seems spren-like. Is she Vivenna? Is she chasing Hoyd or Nightblood? We attracted the wrong spren. Or, wait. We attracted the wrong spren. I'm not sure how I'm supposed to read that. I didn't write inflection notes on my bullet points. Nor do I know how to read them. Except for... Anyway. Uh, Adolin is a murderer. Why did he ever say that? Uh, he, like, he starts sitting around thinking about stuff. And one of the stuff he thinks about is uh -oh. killing Sadius. Yeah, he's like, sure felt good. And slightly shameful. <laughs> he's like, am I a bad person? I did kill Sadius. Does that make me a bad person? I don't know. Maybe yeah. I'm a bad person. Yeah, yep. Renarin got all the brains. But uh, what's kind of funny is uh, in, in another chapter we, we read this week, we we kind of see how Adolin viewed his father, how, you know, how history kind of spun the tale and how Adolin grew up, you know, and, and his opinion of his father and thinking of his actions. And, like, he's trying to live up to this ideal of Dalinar that like isn't real but then what's kind of funny is that you know the, the little bit of bloodlust here it's more Dalinari than he actually realizes and then he gets up and does some stretches because those are familiar and apparently Azur and Kaladin know the same stretches maybe Zahel taught him and or Zahel uh well that doesn't sound good Zahel is probably that better. that's where Adolin learned them that's yeah. where Kaladin where must have learned them. I wonder where I wonder where Azure learned them. I wonder if Azure taught them to Zahel. Nah, um, that's think... just silly. <laughs> I'm not sure if it's this chapter, but uh, we learn 
Azure basically flat out denies being a herald or even a radiant, I think. So, you know, stole some mystery going on. We'll see if we get more clues and chapters ensuing. Uh, but she seems friend-like for some reason, whatever that means. Uh, and... It means that her hair changed color a little bit. You mean like Halandren people? Or and and like her skin tone people? shifted a little bit? Oh, yeah. I know someone who did that. Her name was Siri or Vivena. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I forgot that that was like a whole like point in that book that people were like morphous. Uh... Maybe we'll get some more clues in our future chat. All right. So uh, she says that she's here chasing a wanted man or something like that. She uses the term man. But I almost think maybe she's talking about Nightblood because she's already run into Hoyd, right? Well, well, she run into Wit. Maybe she doesn't realize that Wit is Hoyd, which wouldn't that be such a Hoyd thing to do is go right up to your pursuer and help them survive? (laughs) Hmm. Or maybe she's like, she's like, all right, well, since you saved this city and helped us supply them with food, then I'll let you go. But I'm still coming for you or something like that. See, I don't know, because we've we've seen Wit actively avoid other pursuers. Yeah. Who? The, the Pure Lake the, guys. The Pure from Lake people. Wave yeah. Kings. Yeah. Yeah. Then that was Galadon, uh... Timo, Demo, and a woman from Sand Planet? A guy from Sand Planet, um, Bayonne. I thought there was a woman in that crew. Nope, pretty sure it was all dudes. Sausage party. Yep, bunch of dudes. I gotcha. He's from Bayonne? No, he is Bayonne. He's from Taldane. Oh, yeah, okay. All right, so what's the wrong spren that they attracted? Is it the anger spren? Because Kaladin's like... Is this one where Kaladin's angry and he summons, like, in Shadesmar, the anger spren are, like, big and menacing. And they they manifest in the physical realm as, like, these little pools of liquid, which apparently is just their drool. Gross. Yeah. Uh, so Kaladin can tell that he's, like, about to enter a, a depressive state, which is um, not great on his end of of thinking he's just now entering a depressive state because he's been in one for a while he was i mean it kind of culminated in the attack on the palace right right um but yeah like once once he got over shock he's he's like going into a pretty pretty bad depressive state and i mean the thing in the palace was days and days ago and he's only just now like huh i appear to be getting depressed right but yeah, he's he's been there for a bit. Um but a lot of times when when you're in a depressive state, all all of your emotions feel very muted except a couple. Um one of them that can can come out because it's about the only thing you can feel sometimes is anger. And thus the anger sprint come. But yeah. uh they're bearing down on them until someone in the physical realm becomes angry and they get drawn away. Yeah, um, having a dumb broken brain is not fun, you guys. Just just as a little heads up. So, so yeah, how about chapter 94? All right, chapter 94. A small bottle. Poyars, down our looks for wine, and two utes ask if he needs help. What's a ute? Youth. All right, what is Poyars, that was actually the artwork between chapters 93 and 94. The Poyarsbuff. 
Oh, the the guide to drinking on Roshar. Yep, and pink. I've had milk that tasted more uh, intoxicating than pink wine. And also wine, just kind of how like chickens can be any bird. Wine might refer to multiple different uh, alcoholic drinks. At least yeah. uh, one of them tastes like whiskey. So maybe that's Wayne's favorite. Wine is just sort of a catch-all for alcohol on Roshar. Yeah. And yeah, Dalinar's like, oh, my brother keeps hiding my booze from me. And then Renarin's like, Dad, you drank it all. But don't worry, I got you some more. Oh, oh and baby. a sweet, adorable little enabler. Yeah, and, and apparently, like, all booze on Roshar is, like, some variant of, of hard alcohol. And then the Light Eyes just drink mixed drinks exclusively. We learned that during Shallan's adventures in drinking oh, that's earlier in the book. I wonder how uh, High Storms would, would change the character of uh, wine. I mean, because, you know, they've got, they've got people that have decades of study and experience to learn how weather patterns affect the taste of wine, right? So, like, if it were actually wine, it, it, would, be some, it would be distinctive, you know, going on Roshar. Well, according to this chart, some of the weaker ones are fruit-based, so they would be, like, at least in the same general category. Yeah, they might be Zinfandels or Rosés or something like that. But then, uh, yeah, as you go up in chapter. strength, it's, it's like, distilled distilled grain. And that's the end of Chapter 94? I think so. It was much more interesting talking about booze than Dalinar being, you know, a drunk. <laughs> yep. Uh, I, now, I wonder if the little commentary on the booze page was written by Nas, or if they were already on the page when he found it somewhere. Oh, that was guaranteed written by Nas. <laughs> okay. Is there, are we going to get a book where like we get Nas as a perspective character? That would be pretty cool. I mean, I thought we were supposed to at some point get like a Chris and Nas, like whole, if not book, then like novella. Well, that would be cool. Yeah, I definitely want that. Oh, sorry, one more thing for chapter 94 is Dalinar once again forgets that he has a second son in Renarin. It just keeps happening. Uh, Yeah, but he forgets that he has one son for a second, so he's like, who are these kids bugging me right now? I mean, that's valid. All right, chapter 96. Chapter 95. Unavoidable escape. Dismal, dreamy Kaladin. Silfrena's origin story. Anything else? Nope. The, yeah, these... I guess uh, we've said what we had to say about Kaladin's state at this point, but, uh, yeah, Sylphrena's, like, the best, and she's like, yeah, that's the city I grew up in, and, like, my dad said I can't leave, and then I heard you calling, and I'm like, oh, man, it's time to go kick some butt, or something like that. But she's like, oh, she also mentions uh, that she had bonded uh, a radiant one time like a thousand years ago and that dude actually died right before the recreants happened so silverana almost died you guys yep and then and then her dad grounded her and then she snuck out a window to go meet up with dreamy calendar and that's silverana's origin story well the other honors friend were kind of jerks to her like she she wanted to believe in the good of mankind, and the other honor's friend made fun of her, and then that's why she gets all like, all kind of like, nah, when they come back to check out Bridge 4. But then, on Christmas, it was really foggy, 
so her giant glowing nose was helpful to Santa. Wait, what if there's a high storm on Christmas? Or wait, what if maybe that's how Santa gets around? Uh, unfortunately, it's... Roshar and Santa is the storm father, um, and uh, his present to everybody on Roshar Christmas is a high storm. Right, and that's why everyone weeps on New Year's. Chapter 96, Pieces of a Fabriel. Navani's chapter logo is a Fabergé egg, or is it a Fabriol egg? Navani is trying to coalesce, but Ayali is like, who are we going to invade first? This is like the socio-political version of Kaladin trying to stop that palace fight. Navani makes good deals. Dalinar needs a vacation. Um, didn't Yasna start the dealing? I thought Yasna did, did dealing here. I don't, I thought it was Navani, but there is a part where Yasna butts in when Ayala's about to stir up more trouble. And in fairness to Ile, um, the, the Alethi thing is to go conquer folks. Like, that's their whole deal. Right, but she's trying to confirm people's fears, basically. Well, she's trying to confirm people's fears while also pointing out the best strategic place to attack and attacking is the thing the Alethi would be doing. Like, everybody yeah, knows that the like, Alethi are doing that. I don't think she was doing it out of malice. I think she was just doing it because Alethi. Mm, maybe she's the Alethist of all. Although, uh, yeah. she's missing some pretty crucial information about Shinovar and how easy it would be to conquer. Yeah, because Seth isn't there anymore. What is it? Um, do you know? Th I do you may not know this, so I don't want to say. But, is it because oh. they can use shard blades to cut through the mountainside? Not exactly. Oh, oh, hang on a second. It's obvious because Shinovar is sheltered from the high storm, right? Because the mountains shelter Shinovar from the high storm. Yeah, and it's got so, soil like, and stuff. What if, like, a different storm came in from the other direction on the side where they weren't sheltered? That would suck for them. We haven't checked in with Shinovar since the since the Everstorm started, so I don't know how they're doing on that front. I get it. Anyway, anything else for chapter 96? All right, chapter 97. Reno. Kaladin is really bad at dying, especially in flashbacks. Slithy Toad. Old Shin Man. Shalon sucks at drawing in Shadesmar. Stopping a massage for more than three seconds is punishable by death, which I think is why Adolin had to kill Sadius, if I recall. Assessment of Azure's apparel. Uh-oh, Spagodium. Are these paintings from Nalthus? Re would like to play. Storming Crystal Ball. Glory Cube is best friend? Kaladin sees something. He must be invested. Ha! I knew it. Reno figures out the Radiants are back, baby. I figured out who Azure is. She's obviously a world hopper. She recognizes Set's canned food. Sea of Spears, Ruins of Rathalus. Kaladin must protect Dalinar in Thalen City. Ooh, that was a long one. I got I got opposite tricked, so you know, sometimes it's a lot of chapters and I'll like start reading like, okay, I got like two chapters left, I can space them out, and then it'll turn out that the last two chapters of the set were like five pages total. But then this time I saved two chapters to read at the last minute and it was like twenty pages in the last two chapters. Which is partly why I was late for the recording today because I had to had to take a nap too. So, yeah, yeah. Naps are important. Naps are yeah. important. My nephew says that I'm the king of naps. Actually, my nephew, he called me this week 
and he says, Uncle Dave, he left a message. I didn't answer. Uncle Dave, answer the phone. I know you're probably working or taking a nap, but could you call me back when you can? <laughs> like the only possible explanations in his mind why I wouldn't answer his phone call are, I must be at work or taking a nap. Okay, so which one was it? I was playing video games. So working. But, uh, yeah, sure. So tell me more about these slithy tobe. Oh, they were the glory spren. Or not the glory spren. They were anticipation? No. Yeah, they were anticipation spren. Anticipation spren, yeah. They're basically slithy tobes. If you've ever read through the looking glass, you would know what a slithy tobe was. I have not, so I don't know that. Yeah, well, they they come up in the Jabberwocky poem, and then Humpty Dumpty explains what they are. And they're basically what we see here. So, yeah, uh, at the, I think it was actually at the end of the last Shadesmar chapter where they, they see the lighthouse on the on the shore. And remember, like, what's what's a body of water in the physical realm is land in Shadesmar. So I guess the lighthouse would actually be on the, the solid ocean part. Yeah. But uh, it functions as like a lighthouse would in the physical realm. It's just the the landscape is swip swapped. And Kaladin, he's such an expert sneaker, having been trying to escape slavery multiple times since he was a kid. And he sneaks up to the lighthouse, and then the slidey toves make all kinds of ruckus and alert the lighthouse keeper. The lighthouse keeper's name is Reno. And um, things about the lighthouse keeper. Uh... You've seen him before, and that's not how to pronounce his name. Is it Rino? Is it Ryino? Yeah. That's that's the one. Ryino. Uh, I I know, or you know. I uh, I know. You should be able to figure it out. Maybe. I I don't think he'd figure it out. Well, I thought that it might have been Scoot, but uh, since his name is pronounced Ryino, I'm less sure because that's obviously a Solish name, and could be a character from Emperor's Soul. Maybe, like, maybe not the Emperor himself, but maybe, like, the Emperor's friend who uh, tried to get a uh, girl. Well, more than, girl, more than Selish, that is specifically a an Elantrian region name. Oh, true. I mean, the only character I can think of is, is uh, Rayodin. Well, it's not Rayodin. Well, he's, like... All right, so I really thought he was a Nalthus character because the paintings on the wall reminded me of all the paintings that uh, Lightweaver, not Lightweaver, Lightsong had to look at. And plus, uh, when he realizes that Kaladin is invested, his his first uh, comment is, oh, what heightening are you? Which is a Nalthus thing. And I was like, maybe it's, maybe it's Scoot. Could it possibly be Scoot? Uh, no, I'm pretty sure Scoot died. Well, this takes place in the past. It definitely does not. It does um, not. And I'll tell you why, because Nightblood's in this book. <laughs> yeah. Also, uh, Scoot didn't die. Didn't he? I thought he did. No. So it is Scoot. Um, I literally can't think of any Elantris characters other than Raiden, Serini, and Galadon. I mean, I'm just going to tell you because you would never guess what it was. Um, do you recall when, um, before they broke the curse, and there was that... Uh, old, sick, injured Elantrian who really, really, really wanted to go yeah, he went into the, the lake. And go, yeah, yeah um, I, I also thought it, maybe it was it was somebody who went through the perpendicularity, but I don't remember any character names. So uh, that we didn't, he was not named. Yeah, we didn't get his name. 
But yeah, he was oh. the guy begging to be tossed into the melt pool, who melted, but he didn't melt. He evaporated, and the vapors went to Shadesmar. And oh. but yeah, he's this. This is that guy. Yeah, it, and it makes you know he would know about lightning and all that um, because he runs a lighthouse and he sees a lot of ships come by, so he probably sees world hoppers with all different types of investiture, right? Yep. Plus, he was an Elantrian for however many years before that broke. Yeah, and so I guess yeah, he is on uh, he is on the uh, Rosharian part of Shadesmar, right? Yes. Well, is the uh, is the cognitive realm? The same as Shadesmar is Shadesmar like the Roshar region of the cognitive realm. Shadesmar is the Roshar name for the cognitive realm. Right. Uh, okay. So yeah, I, yeah. I'm actually. <laughs> why did he have all this stuff indicating he was from Nalfus? Maybe he just likes that stuff. Um, maybe, maybe he's a maybe collector. The, maybe I, the I paintings some. on the wall were Elantrian uh, symbols. Yeah. Or they also kind of remind. Well, uh, Kaladin mentions what's in the pictures right but i was thinking also of like the uh, emperor's soul had this famous painting but i guess every world has probably famous paintings i don't know so, so i have i have some thoughts here on on like why he's talking about you know breaths and heightenings and all of that which is well maybe because he ran into azure recently well he's he's an elantrian but uh without having a cognitive realm or a spiritual realm source of god power shoved into the cognitive realm that you access by drawing a specific shape in the air. Um, doing Elantrian stuff with without like that specific power source is difficult. However, other worlds have easier powers to access. Um, specifically, Nalthus has breaths. Super easy to get breaths. You just have to be born there. Or buy them. Yeah, makes sense. And yeah... Previous to um, basically the last year on Roshar, um, nobody's invested functionally because there aren't Knights Radiant running around and flying around and stuff. Until now. Right. So if you're going to guess at somebody being invested that you've never met before, you you guess the easiest thing to access. Sure. Uh, meanwhile, Shalon, uh, from the Shalon viewpoint, they're waiting on Kaladin to come back from his spy trip, and there is a corrupted glory spren coming after them, and they're like, oh no, but then it, it turns out to be uh, a friend. It's like a, basically a portal companion cube. So like glory spren are normally like, look kind of like balloons or streamers, or like, I think, oh no, it's the anticipation spren show up as streamers, but that's just the, the tongues of the slidey toves, right? Correct. Yeah, um... But uh, the glory spren in the real world show up as like golden confetti. Yeah, but this one's a cube and it's friends with us because uh, apparently it was maybe that mirror verse thingy that uh, said she'd try not to kill Shalon and Shanat. Shanat. And she claims to have sent Odium on a goosem up chase. You know, she's like, oh, I told Odium you were on the other side of Roshar. Don't. Don't get murdered now. And then uh, Glory Cube flies off, flies off and it's like, oh, all right, let me ask you something. Okay, bye. And yeah, so uh, Ryano is set up as like this fortune teller. He's got this crystal ball. And when a high storm starts out, you can, if you're invested, you can see a vision if you touch it. And uh, Kaladin's like, 
you you're not allowed to look at the future that's forbidden and then he goes and looks at the future and then uh time kind of pauses while he's in there or something because like right i know gets cut off mid-sentence and then it comes back and he's like, oh, you saw something. You're invested. Oh, you, you what? You don't know what a heightening is? I guess you're a radiant. You're you're a surge binder. So yeah, there's that. And then I figured out who Azure is. And uh, you ready for this? It's I'm Fafin. So Obviously, it's Fafin. Who ha. else could it be? Ha <laughs> ha! We called this. <laughs> we really did. Did what? She has short hair. <laughs> it took you so long to guess that, and we called it forever ago. It's this is good. <laughs> Who do you think it is? Oh, I I also think it's Fafin. Oh, cool. What do most people think she is? I mean, I don't think they've come right out and said who she is. Which we all know means that it's Fafin. Yeah. All right. But anyway, it's confirmed that she's a world hopper because when Ryano pulls out the canned food, she uh. You know, she's like, oh, it's canned food. Like, she recognizes what it is. And where's the only place in the Cosmer that we've seen canned food before? On Scadrial, right? Yeah, so they don't had, need it, they they don't the need it in Elantris. Sorry. Oh, yeah, they thing. just, like, made, they have replicators in Elantris, right? So, yeah, like, or at least they did until everything died. But once it got fixed, they had them again. They can just turn trash into food. Do they even need trash? Like, uh, they asked the, the replicator. The, yeah, okay. That's the replicators. Sorry, you go. I was going to say the trash uh, powers the Mr. Fusion generator, and that powers the replicator, but yeah. I was going to say that they ask the replicators for trash Earl Grey hot. (laughs) That's good, too. Um, That's interesting. How how would that work, though, in the Cosmere? Do you have to, like, do you have to change the identity of the trash? I'm like, you were a food once, like... I could see maybe having a cheeseburger wrapper. You throw a cheeseburger wrapper in the replicator, and it works kind of like soul casting. It's like, hey, don't you cheeseburger wrapper? Don't you really want to be holding a cheeseburger? Like that's your identity, right? And they're like, yeah, I miss being, I miss holding cheeseburgers. So then, you know, the wrapper comes out cheeseburger and all. Does it work something like that? I don't think the Elantrians actually actually have to do any convincing. I think they just like. Well, they don't have to do convincing, but that that is how the magic system works, right? Is in order to yeah, conjure something just, up or yeah. They're just writing a, a complicated symbol that says this is how the world is. But, oh. but can they make a stick be fire? They can make air be fire. They're like, you have yeah. oxygen in you. Yeah, because they would just write a symbol and then the stick is fire. They're not asking the stick's permission. <laughs> that that's Didn't... where Shalon messed up. <laughs> Didn't Raiden like explode a library? <laughs> like, hello. yeah, he did. He did the first magic that had happened in like ten years that actually worked. So there was a lot of like backed up power, but after that, there wasn't any power. Yep. But wait, there was power. It just got stuck again. It's kind of like Three Stooges syndrome, where all the power blocks at the door, and then like you let it out, and it's like ah, oh, it explodes out. But then there's more Three Stooges, and they block the door again. The power was there. It's just it built up so much that it was able to come through a small outlet, right? But then like the outlet, the outlet didn't widen. It just there was less pressure there because some of it got out. Uh, and then you know we still need the chasm line and all that. To, to make it work properly. Uh, so as far as as far as conjuring, 
we see a lot of transmutation in the Cosme, which makes sense. You know, you have something connect to something else or change its identity in some way. But can you actually... I'm sorry, yeah, so we see a lot of transmutation, but do we see like any real conjuration where you just make something appear out of nowhere? No, the closest to that is like turning air to something or turning smoke to something. Yeah, well, hmm. I think actually oath gates are a form of conjuration now that I'm thinking about it. No, and they also, just, they don't they don't create anything. They just move stuff from one place to another. Well, that's in Dungeons and Dragons terms. That's what conjuring is you move something from like like a mystical realm into the physical realm i think oh, uh, I also of note on dungeons and dragons healing is technically conjuration i thought you were asking about just creating something from nothing out of magic right do they do that or do they actually mm. get something from somewhere no the were you asking about that or not because when i tried to answer that you told me that i was talking about a different thing no, I was talking about a different thing while I was talking about something. Uh, I guess I'm asking two separate questions. One, is there an example of creating something out of nothing? Not that I'm aware of. Okay. And two, if they did, would it actually be out of nothing or is it just them moving something from somewhere? Which I guess that question's void now, so it's fine. So yeah, to sew your cheeseburger wrappers into the Elantrian food machine. Yep. But then that okay. So we were talking. Oh, that's right. So we were talking about making food. So you wouldn't be able to make food from nothing. I guess you would need trash, and it would work similar to soul casting stuff into food. Uh, yeah, it's nigh yeah. identical, except I don't think Elantrians have to actually convince things to change. Right. All right. And oh, so so now they're like, uh, they find a ship that's passing by the lighthouse, and. It's taking them to a city, which is like a big central hub of Shadesmar. It's in the opposite direction of where Azure wants to go. Azure wants to go to the perpendicularity on the Horn Eater Peaks. Which we've heard and, about already. Yep. Rock, sorry, Numahuku Makiaki Ayalunamore uh, had a story about, about what we now know is the perpendicularity of cultivation. I didn't know that. Was that in Rhythm of War? No, it was a earlier book where where he saw like he's talking about the origin of the Horn Eater Peaks. You remember that story, right? I do. I don't remember it being in an earlier book. Totally, I'm certain of it. Anyway, I remember Numuhuku Makiaki Alunamore telling stories, but I didn't remember anything about them. Okay, well, one of them is the origin of the Horn Eaters and the Horn Eater Peaks, and then like tangential to that is he saw a god climb out of the pool once, and it was Hoyt. <laughs> that actually sounds kind of familiar. Anyway, uh, um, yeah, what else you got, Dave? Uh, there are a few things. So there, Okay, so back to Azure mentioning that she's chasing someone down. Like, I think she might actually be looking for Nightblood, but maybe she doesn't even know Nightblood is a sword. Like, if, if it's actually Fafin and not Vivena or Ciri, then it could be the case. I think maybe. I mean, Nightblood is a sentient creature. It is it is reasonable to to refer to it with personhood. Yeah, it is a class four cognitive entity. Okay, and the other thing is okay. So they're going to the main city. Kaladin sees this vision of Dalinar in trouble in Thalen City. He draws like a little crude sketch, and Shallan's like, "Oh, that's a that's a real cute drawing of Thalen City that a five year old could make." Yay, good job, Kaladin. 
And then he's like, we need to go to Thalen City. I know reading the future is forbidden, but we need to do that. So that so he thinks they think that they can get through the Oath Gate at Thalen City. They figure that uh, only the Oath Gate in uh, Alethkar was corrupted. So they'll get to Thalen City and try to figure out a way <laughs> to get there. Um, and the city that they're going to is on the other side. It's in like a like a like a pool lake that I guess is within the ruins of Rathalus, which this this is where the uh the the people were that uh you know Dalinar slaughtered where Evie died and all that. And you know, kinda like Adolin's uh Adolin's interpretation of the events of history are just so cute but so wrong. <laughs> um and also I thought Rathalus was where the crab people were protecting. Is that a different but maybe it's it must be something different, or isn't it? No, the the crab people were protecting. You mean the center of the shattered plains? The name of that place was Narak. There you go, Narak. Uh, okay. All right. So that's something completely different. I was, uh, you know, I'm wondering what would Pure Lake look like in the cognitive realm. Uh, it's just got ankle deep rock. <laughs> That makes sense. Although, wouldn't it be flipped upside down? So, neck deep rock? Or like, what if maybe you the land is solid and the beads are underneath the land? But then what's underneath that? What's holding the beads up? Yeah, I don't know. I don't think we've seen... Uh, I've, actually, I'm certain we haven't seen the Pure Lake in the in Shadesmar yet. No, oh, okay. Uh, the only other thing that I forgot to touch up on is the fact that Shallan is bad at drawing which might be be some somehow related to her being unable to use her investiture here. But she doesn't use Stormlight to draw, nor like necessarily. But no. maybe her her memory thing is some form of investiture, but like why wouldn't she be able to use it in Shadesmar? Because when she does when she uses that she peeks into into Shadesmar to get like a look at the identity of things. Oh, I thought it oh, was wow. because I I thought it was because Vale was coming out a little bit. Oh, that's mentioned as well. It's like uh, Vale is trying to push the Shallan personality aside as well. Yeah. Okay, but uh, Mike's ex- explanation is cool too. Oh, well, that's all that I have for this week. Well, Mike's explanation is uh, Craig's explanation. Actually, that's that that is his um, Rosharan theory, baby. That's pretty cool. So, you know, credit where it's due. That one's his. All right. Do we have anything else? I don't have anything else. I also don't have any. All right. Dave? Uh, our traveling continents are made up in shades more by the Gillicuddies. Darn right they are. Bye, everybody. Good night. Good night, Internet. This has been the Cosmere Deep Dive Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at at CosmereCast or like us on Facebook. Our theme music is Traveling Made Up Continents by Gillicuddy. Used with permission. Hear more from him at the Free Music Archive. Thanks for listening.